You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Tuesday. Uh, May 25th. Appreciate you joining me. Let's talk some TCU athletics and want to get into some baseball here in the first segment. And then I'll uh, have part of the conversation I had with uh, another Locked On host earlier um, this month. Not that long ago. Earlier this month sounds like it was early May or something. It was uh, last week, but it's still pretty relevant and pretty timely. And I wanted you to hear some of that. But uh, talking some TCU baseball in the first segment, which is not how I expected to start the day. However, I mentioned this on Monday's podcast, the potential of, you know, there's rumors that Jim Sloshenagle will be involved in the A&M coaching search. And when I said that, A&M had not uh, yet parted ways with Rob Childress, but they did so on Monday. Uh, the university made the announcement they were not going to renew his contract. So Rob, who had been there for 14 seasons, uh, and had made 13 postseason appearances, he is out. He's on his way out at A&M. And, I mean, listen, the Aggies were not uh, particularly good this year. They were 9-21 and in SEC play. They had a rough season. Missed the postseason for the first time, as I said, in 13 years. Um, so, in that sense or in that regard, you understand why they made that move. But the reason I would uh, have some concern about this is generally when a school makes a move like that. I mean, this is this is not showing a lot of patience with Rob Childress. He's been very successful there. He's done a great job. They have one down year, and all of a sudden he's on his way out. Uh, and I think in most cases when a school moves on from someone – um, who has been relatively successful, it means that they either have somebody in mind, you know, kind of have a deal lined up, or they just think the job is so good that people are going to be lining up to take it. And it, it might be the latter. I mean, Ross Bork, the AD, mentioned that A&M, they believe, is a top-flight job. He mentioned this in a statement um, that he made after – the, the two parties agreed to part ways. That A&M's a top-flight job. It has high expectations. Fans there have high expectations, and they need a coach that's going to come in and do that, which would be a big-time college baseball coach. So the first name on everybody's board or in everybody's mind was Tim Tadlock at Texas Tech. And, of course, Tadlock's done a great job at, at Tech. He's got that team in a few college World Series. He has them consistently in the mix for a Big 12 title. Uh, they were not really in the title race this year, but they won series over Texas and TCU during the regular season, um, which was impressive. And they're set up to make another run in the NCAA tournament. Well, today the news comes down that Tim Tadlock has uh, signed a lifetime contract with Texas Tech. It's a seven-year deal at the moment, but it's just going to keep rolling on and on and on. So it's essentially going to end up being a lifetime deal as long as Tim Tadlock wants to stay in Lubbock. Um, he can and he will. So they go ahead and make that commitment, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, tech baseball has become its own brand. It's become its own culture. The program has become very successful. I would say over the past five years or so, they've been the most consistent. 
uh, team in the Big 12. And he's got that thing working. Now, here's where it's interesting to me. So, Tadlock's off the board. And Kendall Rogers was asked about, uh, you know, the A&M situation after Tim Tadlock. It was clear that he was not going to be moving on. And he said that he thinks A&M will have a shot at Jim Sloshnagel. That he thinks there's something there. There's at least enough mutual interest that you could see it happen. Um, now, here's the fascinating thing to me. I'm seeing some folks, some TCU fans, that are kind of like, well... Um, the team could be better off without Slosh. Or maybe not that far. Not taking it that far. But basically, they're like, hey, if you want to stay, stay. If you don't, get out of here. It's not going to make a huge difference to me either way. And I can't tell you how much I disagree with that. Now, I, I will level with you. I have not been happy at times this year with some managerial decisions. I laid some of that out yesterday. I think the loyalty with Johnny Ray um, has just gone way too far. I feel like not putting Porter Brown in the lineup and trotting Luke Boyers out there uh, doesn't make sense. That being said, Jim Sloshnagel has built uh, a special, special thing at TCU. I mean, he built this thing from the ground up and turned it into a consistent winner. The last few seasons have not been the standard that he has set or that the program has set. And I missed the NCAA tournament. They snuck in the NCAA tournament and lost in the Fayetteville Regional. And then last year, they looked like they were on their way to a pretty comfortable tournament bid, but the season got shut down, and this year... Um, they have limped to the finish line in the regular season. So I, I get the frustration. And if he left, I would be very disappointed. I, I don't think it'd be, you know, a death sentence for the program or anything because he's created the job and gotten it to a level where I believe it's very attractive. Same time, I want that guy in the dugout for as long as he wants to be here. Because I still think he's got it. I still think he can do the job and can guide this team or a team down the road to Omaha and potentially a national title. Now, I don't think this team's a national title team. I, I don't even know if they are a Omaha team. I mean, I thought that early in the season. Now it looks like Super Regionals might be their ceiling. But Slosh has done a great job, and I would just hate to see him go um, I think it's very short-sighted to believe that this could be, you know, not a good thing for the program, but just think, oh, well, yeah, circle of life, what's next? Not a big deal. Uh, coming up next, I want to let you hear some of my conversation with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is uh, a great website. It's a great resource for folks like me who don't know much about vehicles there's so many makes and models today. There's so many different types of cars. There's more cars on the market on the road than ever. And it can be hard to find exactly what you need. It can be difficult to find the part for that truck or um, that specific 
part for that make or model that you have. And Rock Auto makes it simple. They also allow you to compare manufacturers. They have reliable low prices. And even if you're someone who does have a clue about cars and you know a lot, Rock Auto could be a good resource for you. They have a how did you hear about us section. And uh, if you go there, make sure you click the drop down box and say that Locked On sent you. Um, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Give it a try today. Welcome back to the Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. Let's continue the conversation. And I uh, wanted to let you hear a fun conversation, part of a fun conversation I had with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. We talked some uh, Heisman odds from next year, some early Heisman odds for next year. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But we've got some fun football odds. This is this time of year, right? We do more fun football things. And right now, I've seen odds from a, a whole bunch of things. First, we start off for the Heismans. The Heisman odds really haven't fluctuated a whole lot. Right now, um, Spencer Rattler is the favorite to win the Heisman uh, in the 2021-2022 season at plus 400, which does not – it's not like a huge favorite. I forgot what Trevor was, but um, plus 400 is somewhat high for an individual award, right? But also, too, it's, it's not like it's that, that crazy. My big question is – who do you think has the second best chance at winning the Heisman outside of, um, of Spencer Rattler? Here are the guys who are listed. Only three guys in the Big 12 Conference listed. Uh, all right. T- uh, for Texas, they've got B. John Robinson. He is listed at plus 2,000. Uh, and then they've got Brees Hall, uh, running back Iowa State, plus 2,500. Brock Purdy, quarterback, Iowa State, plus 2,800. So those are your three guys. I would say I would go with Brees is my answer. Who would you go okay. with as the guy most likely to win the, the award outside of the three that we already talked about? Or outside of the uh, Rattler, excuse me. Yeah, I like this question a lot. Um, I mean, it's tough for running backs to win it, even though we have seen a lot do it in the past. I just – Purdy's the QB, which is obviously the position that wins it the most. Um, I'm just not sure Brock's going to be dynamic enough and put up enough numbers to be in the conversation. I'll actually go and man, this is, this kind of goes against what I believe because this is me feeding into the Texas hype, but I'll go Bajan Robinson because I, I think Sark's going to use him in a lot of different ways. Uh, I feel like he'll be featured in the passing game. Obviously I think he's going to get a lot of carries given how it closed last year. So I'll take him because the thing I'll say about Brees too is, it's really difficult to win when you come in with super high expectations. And I know Robinson's going to come in with high expectations too, but Hall was so good last year that I feel like he could have 1,500 yards and we might be like, ah, Brees had a disappointing season, which is silly, but given what he did in the COVID year, um, it just might play out that way. And I think Robinson uh, will probably be featured more in, in the passing game and, uh, just might end up getting more touches in this new offense that Texas is going to try out there. So what's really interesting is that last year, I'm looking at the Heisman voting now, is that for last year's season, Brees Hall, in my opinion, was the best running back, right? That was the um, – like I, th- I thought last year he was the best performing running back in the country. You can argue, sure, yeah, I mean, Najee Harris was was, you know – is a better player overall, mm-hmm. 
but I'm searching right now, trying to find the the final, let's see, the uh, final, whatever it was, the voting. But to me, last year, the season Brees put together was so insane and ridiculous. And the fact that he did not get any, you know, he didn't get any uh, credit for it, I thought, in my opinion. I mean, the guy last year ran for 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, had 23 total at 180 uh, receiving as well. And at 23 total touchdowns and, you know, over 1,600 yards, I mean, in the 10-game season, didn't get a whole lot of love. Uh, I didn't think he got enough, you know, enough credit. So, you know, I feel you have to be running back in the right place, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, in Alabama, a uh, Travis Etienne type guy out of Clemson, you know, maybe a guy, you know, at Ohio State or in Oklahoma, you know, to get that, you know, Texas, I guess, B. John Robinson. So, while I want the answer to be Brees Hall, B. John is going to get so many opportunities this year. And also, I think a big thing is, Another reason I mean he might get opportunities is because I don't know if Sark trusts his quarterbacks yet. I don't know if he's got that trust. I think he knows what he can trust is a player with a talent level like Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. I know Najee Harris, you know, people think he's really a special player. Bijan's got the ability to be as special as him. He, he absolutely does. And the reason why we didn't see it is because he wasn't used well enough. So that to me is, is you know, I think my heart says Brees, my mind says Bijan. I'm with you on Brock Purdy, though. I don't think he's going to be – he hasn't shown me anything yet to, that would say, hey, this guy's going to be consistent enough to play at a – I mean, it could be a championship level, right, a Big 12 championship level, but not a Heisman winning level. And to your point about being in the right place, I mean, unless you're just running for over 2,000 yards, right. can you be a running back on a – and I'm not saying these two teams will be, have this record, but, like, if Iowa State goes 9-3 and three, or Texas goes 8-4, and four, um, even if you have a great season – like, are you going to get that attention? I know RG3 won it when Baylor was kind was an Alamo Bowl team, uh, but he was just so ridiculous, and he was a quarterback, so it's a little bit different. Uh, so I, I do agree with you that it's kind of the right place, right time, and usually when a running back wins it, it's like, oh, this team was dominant, um, and they might have leaned on their defense a lot, but this offensive player had the, had the best numbers, so he, let's, let's give it to him. Yeah, it's, that's typically how it goes. This kind of leads into our next thing I want to talk about odds-wise. So I've got the odds here for the number one pick in 2022. All right. It's my belief that if the 2022 draft happened right now, not sure where you are, I would believe that Sam Howell would be number one pick. What do you think? That's, yeah, that sounds right. He's, he's kind of the guy. He's – I mean, he's not Trevor Lawrence, but I guess he's the closest to He that. reminds me of Baker Mayfield, though. He reminds me like – he just how his because of his size and the way he plays yeah. and his arm. He, right. He's like, he looks just like Baker in my opinion. He does kind of have that vibe, which is interesting because Baker doesn't feel like a dude that Mac Brown would have been all over in recruiting, but it just kind of <laughs> broke that way with Sam and, and UNC. Yeah. So I think it would end, you know, if it was today, that would be the way it goes. Now here's the thing. Spencer Rattler gets one more full season with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley at this right. point in time, has three guys who are NFL starting quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, uh, Baker Mayfield, and uh, who am I missing here? Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Kyle Murray. Murray. There we go. Kyle yeah. Blew yeah. my mind there. And the thing about those guys is that, you know, Jalen Hurts, people didn't think that would happen, right? Kyler Murray uh, is a guy that is, you know, got a bloom of the mistakes, but electric guy that we know can make mm-hmm. plays and be part of a winning team. And then obviously Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that is – going to be, you know, people love the, the Browns this year. He's a really good quarterback in general. All these guys, at least the last two, have staying power. Jalen Hurts is going to be in the league, at least as a backup, in my opinion, for a long time. Um, 
That is the big factor here to me. I think that's why Spencer Rattler's odds at plus 130, which is for a year out for the dra- from the draft at plus 130, that's really, that's really high odds. Like that, Spencer Rattler at this point is not a good bet. But Vegas really seems to believe, hey, look, talented quarterback who can really throw it with a, with a coach who has put uh, – this is what he does, right? He's got three guys who are starters right now in the NFL – in his short tenure during as a college head coach. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Vegas is basically saying. They're going to go with the trend here. They are. And, I mean, you did see OU get better and more consistent as the year went on, and, and Rattler seemed to really come into himself. This is also kind of the first time he'll have, like, a full offseason because I don't think he right. was an early enrollee. I feel like he came in in the fall. So that makes a difference, too. Um, I think that's a solid bet to, to roll with him you know, a year in his to- uh, under Lincoln Riley's tutelage. Um, and, and Sam Howell, I'm not saying – I think he's better than this guy, but Mitch Trubisky is the last UNC QB we saw that was like a high number one pick. Right. And I think those those narratives do mean something. As you said, like OU has a, a factory of quarterbacks that are ready to play. And, and just the way the league's trending right now, um, that dual threat so important, and Rattler is definitely, you know, a guy who can both beat you with his legs and, and throw it for, for sure. There you go. That's Josh Neighbors and I chopping it up about some Heisman odds, uh, locked on Big 12. He does a really good job. We'll come back and wrap things up. Before we do that, though, I did want to tell you about betonline.ag. Uh, NBA playoffs going on right now. Mavericks, they stole game one from the Clippers. Game two coming up on Tuesday night. Tonight when you're listening to this, um, or if you're listening to this before the game, make sure you go to betonline.ag, see what the lines are, see what the prop bets are, get involved in the NBA playoffs. There's games every night. There's opportunities to make money every single night. Another sport that's going on every day, Major League Baseball. Rangers back at it against the Angels this evening. So, you know, Lee's got some great advice on Major League Baseball as well, MLB, um, over-unders, that type of thing. BetOnline.ag, they're your online sportsbook experts. Give them a try today. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Just wanted to pass along before we left here uh, some awards. TCU Baseball. They uh, well, the Big 12 gave out their superlatives today. So, Braden Taylor named Big 12 Freshman of the Year. Really cool honor for Braden. Um, he was a guy that wasn't really a factor in that opening series, but quickly, you know, got in the lineup, got himself to the middle of the lineup, and just did work uh, from there. So, special season from Braden Taylor, and he's named Freshman of the Year. Um, all Big 12 Conference first team, Phillip Sykes and Halen Green. All Big 12 Conference second team, Austin Krobe, Russell Smith, Braden Taylor, Hunter Wolf, and Gene Wood. Honorable mention, Zach Humphreys and Gray Rogers. And Big 12 All Conference freshmen, Elijah Nunez, River Ridings, and Braden Taylor who was freshman of the year. This was a team that didn't have anybody in the preseason projected to make an all-Big 12 team, and, well, they proved everyone wrong. Hopefully they can get back on track in the Big 12 tournament. That'll do it for today. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.